Hello there, and welcome to episode number 126 of Blue Jays World Update. I'm your host, Thomas Hall, and let's get you up to date. Okay, so on this week's episode, we've got, frankly, a lot of injury updates to talk about here, starting with none other than Bo Bichette, who suddenly here is on the verge of making his return to the Blue Jays lineup, along with Matt Chapman, who... I don't want to say funny enough because whenever you drop or pinch your body part on a weight, it's never funny, but it's a little comical um, that, that Matt Chapman, a guy who has some of the biggest forearms in baseball and throws one of these hardest balls from third base pinches his right middle finger on a dumbbell um, earlier this week and thus having him miss the entire two-game series against the Philadelphia Phillies, which evidently was pretty impactful, particularly on Wednesday night when the Blue Jays really put themselves in a hole after Santiago Espinal basically just He didn't throw away the game, but he certainly hurt the Blue Jays' chances by not executing a routine play with two outs in the fifth inning that allowed two runs to come in to score and and forced Kevin Gosman to throw a few more extra pitches before being able to get out of the inning. So it sounds like now that Chapman has had almost a week off, he should be back in the lineup this weekend against the Cincinnati Reds. Kevin Kiermeyer has taken batting practice the last few days. That laceration on his right elbow um, that he suffered a few weeks ago now when he made a leaping catch and scraped his arm up against a metal garage door, which is a whole other issue entirely, uh, at Fenway Park against the Red Sox and needed... Eight, stitch, eight stitches to repair that gash on his arm. Sounds like he'll probably be in Friday's opener against Cincinnati as well, which is great news for the Blue Jays, considering the fact that they've had to roll with an outfield trio of Merrifield, Varsho, and Springer for the most part this week. And, and to be fair, that group has done extremely well, especially... Um, when you look at Whit Merrifield and the plays that he's made lately in left field. And, you know, if you look at his defensive metrics as a whole in left field, they don't look all that favorable. They're pretty below average as it stands. But when you hear Merrifield speak about how he has become more comfortable in left field, the more he's played there, it certainly shows right with the the leaping catches um, that he has made out there over the last few games so very encouraged to see what he's been able to do not just at the plate but also in the field as well so getting Chapman Kiermaier back in the lineup will be huge Bo Bichette is going to play shortstop for AAA Buffalo on Thursday and it, it sounds like the Blue Jays may want to give him a day off 
after one DHing on Wednesday and then playing shortstop on Thursday. So because of that rainout on Tuesday night, there's a chance we don't see Bo back up with the Blue Jays, at least starting at shortstop or even activated off the IL for Friday's opener. It's still possible that could happen, but I think it's it's a likelier outcome that we see Bo back in there, even if it's as the DH on Saturday versus Friday, just to give him that day of rest to really see how his knee responds to playing seven or eight or even nine innings, how many, you know, how long he actually plays in the game at short on Thursday. But considering that this is knee tendonitis, essentially, um, you really want to guarantee that that is taken care of before we get to the stretch run where you're going to need Bo Bichette to be healthy, frankly, um, throughout those, you know, that, that two week intense stretch that the Blue Jays have to finish off the regular season. Um, not to mention all the games that will preclude um, that stretch as well. So you really want to nip this in the butt now and not have it flare up again, you know, say a week from now or uh, or even later as well. So um, those are the updates on the position player side. And then on the pitching front as well, Trevor Richards, who's, I don't know if it was a phantom IL stint, but he's basically had the last two weeks off with, some neck stiffness or inflammation, whatever the Blue Jays classified it as. Um, But he got into Wednesday's afternoon contest in Buffalo, threw an inning, allowed a walk, struck out a batter, threw 12 pitches, looked pretty good, threw his fastball, changeup looked strong. So I, I don't anticipate him having any issues in being activated off the IL for Friday's game. We also saw Chad Green get into... The, the afternoon contest as well and he worked an inning and a third allowing two hits an unearned run and three strikeouts um, while throwing 30 pitches um, and it was a big first step for Green considering that the last time he was out on the mound he unfortunately got hit in the back of the head by a throw to second base um, which knocked him out uh, of the game at least not you know, actually knocking him out, but uh, it landed him on the seven-day concussion IL, um, basically delaying his rehab process and program. Um, So that put him back about a week, and I still think he's a bit of a a ways away from being on the verge of a return to the Blue Jays, or at least a debut with the Blue Jays. I still think one big test that he has to clear is pitching on back-to-back days and he's yet to do that so um, I still think he needs a little bit more time to reach that goal but he could very easily do so um, before the end of the month because if not for the incident a week ago where he got hit in the head he was on track to pitch consecutive days two of the last three Um, up to that point so I don't think he's far off from there either and then once we get to that point where you know fingers crossed that everyone else stays healthy and you add green to the mix 
man, there's, there's going to be some tough decisions for the Blue Jays to make regarding their bullpen because it's already loaded as it is, even without Trevor Richards and Chad Green. You have Jordan Romano back off the IL. Hopefully his, his uh, back situation is all resolved and won't have to worry about him needing any more time off due to that nagging issue that was stinging, or, um, uh, still plaguing him on and off since the All-Star game. Um, but now you have Jordan squared at the back end of the bullpen with Romano and Hicks to go along with Eric Swanson, Tim Meza, Jimmy Garcia, Yenesis Cabrera, who's come over from the Cardinals and has really meshed well um, with the Blue Jays' bullpen. Right now, you currently have Jay Jackson and Bowden Francis up with the team. Nate Pearson is down at AAA uh, working on some um, command issues with his secondary pitches, but um, you know he could still be an option if the Blue Jays need a fresh arm out of the pen. Hagen Danner was up a little bit for the Blue Jays and, and unfortunately suffered an oblique injury in his major league debut and by the sounds of it it's likely going to be a serious one so that could knock him out for the rest of the season unfortunately which would be a huge blow for for Danner because he's certainly come a long way not just this season but also in in his career developing from a catcher to now a reliever who's got really good stuff coming out of the pen too so um certainly hoping for a relatively speedy recovery for Danner um, and I suspect that the Blue Jays will ultimately send down one of Francis or Jackson when Trevor Richards comes off the IL uh, probably tomorrow but when Green is ready um, it'll get a little interesting because if Jackson goes down You'll then have just Bowden Francis. Cabrera has an option, so you do have flexibility there. But considering how effective he has been in that second lefty role, I don't see him getting sent down when Green comes up. I would think that'd be more Francis. But the interesting thing about Bowden Francis is when he, or if, but it's more likely it's a when, not an if, uh, he gets optioned back to AAA, That'll be the fifth time that he had, that he's been sent down, sent down to the minors this season. And as part of the new, well, it's not new anymore, but as part of the CBA that was introduced um, prior to the start of last season, players can only be sent to the minor leagues or optioned down to the minor leagues five times during a season before they are subject to waivers prior to a sixth assignment to the minors. So, you know, obviously Francis um, is unlikely to spend the rest of this season in the major leagues, but that's something the Blue Jays have to take into account because with the way Francis has pitched this year, you're not going to expose him to waivers. That's just not happening. So... If you send him down now, you have to manipulate the timing of it just a little bit so that it's closer to the end of the season 
so that if you do call him up, you don't have to worry about it. Like if you do call him up again after you send him down a fifth time, there's less of a concern about needing to send him down again because if you call him back up in September, rosters are expanded to 28 players. You'll be able to carry a ninth reliever in the pen versus eight. Um, so that would be less of an issue from there on out through the rest of the season. So I suspect if they do, if the Blue Jays do call up Green for his Blue Jays debut before the end of August, Francis probably goes down, but then he's probably back up shortly afterwards um, once rosters expand after September 1st. So um, definitely some roster management um, is going to have to unfold here regarding the Blue Jays bullpen in the next, you know, few days slash weeks. But at, at the same time, too, <laughs> you know, it's never a bad thing to have too many good relievers on one team, right? That's a manager's dream scenario that you have so many good relievers that you have to send some of them at least down to AAA. Um, but as we know, you're likely going to need more than just eight relievers. Um, so that's the, that's the current situation that the Blue Jays are facing right now. Um, and if we want to dig deep into a little bit more of Bo Bichette's rehab game, at least on Wednesday, it, uh, it certainly seems like he's fairly close um, to being... 100% healthy, or at least close to that mark, um, considering how he looked on Wednesday, just even as the DH for the Bisons, where he went two for three with uh, a pair of singles, both of which were unsurprisingly hit to the opposite uh, field. He also had a run scored where he was able to test his knee while scoring from first base on none other than Ernie Clement's uh, two-run double. Uh, later in the game and Bichette had to turn hard um, when he was rounding third so that he was going to be able to be safe at home plate and he like it, it there was only a small clip uh, that the cameras were actually shown of Bichette running down the third baseline but from what we saw he looked pretty good that knee looked pretty healthy um, but of course when you hear Bichette speak about um, what he's looking for personally regarding the testing his knee out just to get that comfortability with it, he really needs to be able to see how it responds when he stops and starts um, just suddenly. Because that's ultimately how he injured it in the first place, where he was rounding first aggressively, thinking about stretching a single into a double and had to stop suddenly before going back to first but he couldn't because his knee gave out on him a bit um, so he'll definitely be able to get more opportunities in that regard when he's playing shortstop and showcasing his range a bit so it will certainly be intriguing to see how his form looks Thursday night versus how it did while he was running the bases a bit on Wednesday but so far things look you know like they've been clear sailing for Bichette, um, especially with what he did at the plate where he hit two hard balls or two hard hit balls um, to right field, which, you know, is a good sign that uh, 
you know, that knee is certainly not giving him any issues at the plate, which was never really the issue in the first place. It was always more fielding and running the bases. But anytime you can go two for three with two hard hit singles to the opposite field, that, that, that makes you feel uh, a little bit better if you're a Blue Jays fan. And then as well, um, once Bichette returns to the Blue Jays, you would think at least they'll try and be a little bit smart here with his management or at least his, his time management and position management um, with how much with how many starts he makes back at shortstop just like immediately after coming off the IL um, even if you know the medical staff gives him the thumbs up um, you certainly don't want to take any chances with your best hitter um, because we saw in this you know two week sample size a little bit more than that how much the Blue Jays offense desperately missed Bichette in the middle of the order um, in that in that two spot um, so once he's back they need him to stay there and even if that means DHing him in let's say if he returns Saturday you DH him then he plays shortstop on Sunday you get the day off on the Monday and then maybe you DH him again um, to begin the, the three game set against the Orioles on Tuesday he plays shortstop on Wednesday and then you DH him on the Thursday too like I I would want to be very cautious with how much Bo plays the field out of the gate here just to give him a little bit more time to feel more comfortable to let that knee to let that knee heal um, before you really run him through the grind um, that is playing shortstop um, at you know on an everyday basis basically so um, I think that's probably how the Blue Jays will play this a little bit cautiously um, but you also know too Bichette's going to be wanting to play shortstop as much as possible so I'm sure it'll be a bit of a balancing act for Schneider and the coaching staff and trying to be like okay Bo you can play shortstop today, but tomorrow you're DHing. Um, you know, just just trying to find a little bit of common ground there, just because Bo is such a competitor like that, right? He, I'm sure it's been eating eating at him, the fact that he's had to sit out for this long, and uh, and to not even be able to go on that road trip with the team after the trade deadline while he was out. Um, where they went to Boston and Cleveland and he stayed back in Toronto and had to uh, to rehab his knee without the team. So, you know, now that he's probably um, going to be cleared to, to join the team in Cincinnati on Friday, even if he's not activated then, um, I'm sure it'll be a, a huge boost mentally to be back around the guys on a road trip versus having to stay back and, uh, and work on your stuff on your own. So, um, but alas, regardless, just having Bichette's bat back in the lineup will be a huge boost for a team that has struggled offensively without him. Um, you know, like recently, this month at least, the offense has been a touch better, especially with hitting with runners in scoring position. It, I know it certainly didn't look like that in that four-game series against the Cleveland Guardians, but it has gotten a little bit better when you look at the results, and large in part, that's because of the production from the bottom half of 
the lineup where and, and George Springer too but for the most part you know Kevin Biggio getting hot really over the last few months but this month in particular he's really been rewarded for his strong performance and and getting a lot of starts while Bo Bichette has been on the lineup and as well Matt Chapman too where the Blue Jays have needed Biggio to play at second because Espinal has been playing at third base covering Matt Chapman's spot and he's been delivering right you look at uh, Wednesday night's game where he has the two-run single that puts the Blue Jays ahead for two and um, it, we can go all the way back to June 1st where if you look at way to runs create a plus Bichette is tied with Danny Jansen for the third highest mark on the team and if you look even higher Brandon Belt leads the team in WRC plus since June 1st with with 139 Whit Merrifield who has not quietly but a little bit under the radar taken over that leadoff spot from George Springer and he's not giving it back um, he hits he sits second on the team NWRC plus at 126 since June 1st. Uh, Danny Jansen tied with Biggio at 123. Bo Bichette still sitting fifth at uh, 118. Then you get down to Vladimir Guerrero Jr. He's at 108. Chapman's 106. Springer, despite lighting the world on fire in August um, because he was struggling so much in the months prior. Um, His WRC plus is at an even 100, which makes him a league average hitter over this stretch, even though he's been so much better than that um, over the last few weeks. Uh, And even Dalton Varsho has gotten it going a little bit here. Um, He ditched that leg kick again in the back half of the Angel series, going with more of a toe tap, and it's been working for him. Since then, he's slashing 260, 315, slugging to a 540 clip, uh, a WRC plus of 132, three home runs, 10 RBIs. He's cut the strikeout rate down to 16.4%. The walk rate's up to 7.3%. Isolated power is up to 280. Um, It's a small sample size. Like, it's only a 17-game span, and... Varsha was still struggling to generate hard contact. His hard hit percentage over the 17 game span is only at 28.6%. Um, but in the last three games, he's barreled up a couple of balls. Um, he's got four total hard hit balls over these last three games. He's, he's certainly having a lot better swing decisions at the plate too not chasing those high fastballs nearly as much and he's been able to make contact with those high pitches a bit more too now that his timing is a little bit better um, and he's been able to level out his uh, his bat path a bit too which is something the Blue Jays have been really hampering on a lot of these Blue Jays hitters that and their swing decisions um, it's working for some right we see that with Whit Merrifield, who's able to keep his barrel in the strike zone for a lot longer than most people. Varsho, same thing. Biggio's made some key mechanical adjustments with his swing. And then there's Vladdy, who's still struggling to, to make those crucial swing decisions at the plate where he's still swinging at pitcher's pitches that are on the borderline. They're what, call, they're what called uh, shadow zones 
where um, they're, they're, they're right around the strike zone and Vladdy needs to force pitchers back over the heart of the plate, um, which he unfortunately hasn't been able to do lately. And that's, that's really hurting him. And, and not only that, but it's hurting the offense too, considering where he's been positioned in the Blue Jays lineup. Um, so that's certainly something that is still ailing the Blue Jays right now, and it'll definitely improve once Bo Bichette returns to the lineup and, and helps provide a little bit more support there. But at the end of the day, if the Blue Jays are going to be legitimate World Series contenders this fall, they need Vladimir Guerrero Jr. to be right at the plate and it have better swing decisions so that he's a much tougher out at the plate and he's actually feared rather than you know pitchers feeling a lot more comfortable about nibbling on him and knowing that he's going to offer at those pitches I think back to the Zach Wheeler at bats on Tuesday where you know despite Wheeler's two-seamer slash sinker having ridiculous horizontal movement in that game Vladdy was already thinking swing as soon as the pitch left Wheeler's hand. Um, and that saw him swinging at pitches that were almost about to hit him. Um, so, until he's able to figure that out, I don't know when we're going to see him go on that type of surge that we've been waiting for him to go on basically all season. But the good news is, and I'll throw this caveat in there, is that mechanically it all seems like it's working well for Vladdy. It's just, it's kind of between the ears with him right now, where he's in between on what pitches to swing at and which ones to not. Like, his approach seems all over the place. And I think he needs to get back to basics a little bit and just sit fast, sit on fastballs, early in counts and react to soft you know like that's something Whit Merrifield does for example where if he's way out in front on a breaking ball or an off-speed pitch because he's able to keep his bat so level in the zone he's able to slow down his swing and still make contact even if it's not coming off the bat at you know 95 miles per hour plus right that's how he's able to bloop balls into the outfield on pitches he's completely fooled on. Um, and I know that's, you know, that's difficult for Vladdy to apply to his game just because he's, he's not that type of contact hitter that Merrifield can be where he can just bloop a ball into left field because he's able to slow his swing down on a pitch he's fooled on. But... At the same time as well, Vladdy can do something that Merrifield can't. He can hit the ball almost as hard as anyone in baseball. Maybe outside of Ronald Acuna Jr., Vladdy leads the majors, in, or sorry, Vladdy's second in the majors, I believe, in, in hard hit balls, second to Acuna Jr. Um, so there's no there's no issue with, with, with Vladdy's quality of contact. But it all comes down to me with what pitches he's swinging at. And 
Um, he's running out a bit of runway here. I mean, obviously he can get hot at any time, especially because it seems like it's just an approach, approach based issue with him right now. But until he figures it out, until that clicks for him, nothing is really going to change. Like pitchers aren't going to suddenly start pitching him easier and, and throw a lot of misses um, over the heart of the plate. And even if they did, who knows if Vladdy's able to do anything with those? Because we saw him, for example, against Cleveland's pitching staff, where he's late on 91 mile per hour fastballs that are down the middle. So that's where it gets back, it gets back to the approach being out of whack, where it looks like at times he's sitting soft and then he's not able to catch up to a mediocre fastball when he realizes it's coming in hard on him rather than breaking away soft against him. Um, and then there are other times where he just looks way too aggressive at the plate and isn't able to recognize whether a pitch is going to be over the heart of the plate or it's going to be a borderline pitch. And he's not picking his spots right either on when to be aggressive in those counts either. Um, so again, like... Those are things he has to continue to work on. And I don't want to, I'm not going to blame the entire offensive, you know, drought on one guy or another. But we know how important Vladdy can be. And when Bichette returns, that'll be a huge weight, probably, I would assume, lifted off Vladdy's shoulders because there's another guy who can help generate runs for you. But at the same time, too, the Blue Jays' offense is not going to be clicking on all, on all cylinders until Vladdy is able to look dramatically better at the plate um, regarding those swing decisions. So um, we'll just, you know, we'll continue to try and be optimistic and, and know that, you know, there is a surge in there in Vladdy. It's just honestly a matter of when he's able to put it all together and, uh, and and take off and the good news at least for the Blue Jays is that on paper at least you're going to be facing a Cincinnati Reds pitching staff that isn't all that great I mean Hunter Green is returning off the IL on Sunday so that'll be a bit of a tough test for this team considering that Green is one of the hardest throwing pitchers in baseball and has a pretty decent slider as well um, but for the most part the Reds pitching staff has been among the worst in baseball this season so hopefully that gives the Blue Jays a bit of an edge especially with a lot of the approaches that we've seen from many of the hitters throughout the lineup recently um, so that, that's got to make everyone feel a little bit more encouraged about the fact that they're going to be going up against a pitching staff that most of this lineup hasn't faced before. And that has typically meant, um, meant a little bit of a disaster for this offense in the past, but, um, hopefully they, they can change that because, Coming out of that red series, you got a pretty big one against the Orioles. You face the Guardians again, and then the schedule gets a bit a 
bit lighter, at least on paper, right? Because we, we already know from past experiences, you can't take any series for granted, no matter of the opponent's record. So uh, even though the Blue Jays will finish August facing the Washington Nationals, then they'll go out at the beginning of September, face the Rockies, face the A's, then come home and, and hopefully beat up on the Royals before the, uh, the rest of the, the schedule gets even more challenging when you've got to play four games against the Rangers, then you got the Red Sox, and then for the rest of the season, you've got Yankees and Rays to finish things up. So now is the time for this Blue Jays team to go on a bit of a run here um, and hopefully put a little bit of gap between themselves and the Seattle Mariners, who are only a game back of Toronto for that final wildcard seed. And I'm not overly concerned about the Seattle Mariners because frankly they're not a good team right they sold at the debt well they all they they, they soft sold um at the deadline they, they traded away Paul Seawald but they didn't trade Teoscar Hernandez or Ty France or any of their bright young starters for some offensive help so I don't really know what their approach was at the trade deadline, but they certainly didn't do anything to help their chances of making the playoffs. Um, and they've barely been able to manage the Kansas City Royals too. So um, I don't see the, the Mariners as a serious threat or anything, but again, you still got to win these games. And, uh, and earn your, your spot in the playoffs. So hopefully the Blue Jays are able to do that with starting with a, a, a successful series in Cincinnati, in Cincinnati this weekend and, and be able to carry some of that momentum uh, into next week when they face those Baltimore Orioles again for the final time in the regular season at least. And we'll see if those two teams meet up again in a potential playoff series so uh, but that does it for this week's episode i hope all of you will join me next time for another edition of blue jays world update but until that time i'm your host thomas hall and now you're up to date thanks for listening